You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Hey, welcome to Flipping Tables, episode 98, the Christmas New Year spectacular Yay. episode. Hey, I'm going to have to insert some kind of terrible sound effect there. I'm one of your <laughs> hosts, David Lyons. And I'm Michael Edwards. And we're actually in the spirit of, of family and togetherness. We're not related, <laughs> but we are recording from the same place. Yeah, same it's, desk, it's same room miracle. echo. Yes, that's right. Everything uh, will be made easier on me because I produce this show, so... Yay! Yeah, I produce Entourage. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a couple pieces of follow-up for this, and uh, apparently Nintendo listens to Flipping Tables. Yeah. So we, and I'm going to find this and throw it in the show notes, but on, on a previous episode, we were talking about Mario Maker. That's it. Raving? Raving a little bit? Yeah. Were you raving? Pretty was, excited about it. And you said one of the things you would like is uh, being able to like, search for levels, right? Maybe bookmark them, some kind of... Search from any device, not just my Wii U. Right. Because if you're on the train or, you know, on your lunch break, maybe you're like, oh, when I get home, I want to play Mario Maker. Wouldn't it be cool if I could find a level while I'm sitting on the toilet pretending to work and then (laughs) I have my iPhone and then I could find a level, right? And then bookmark it. And uh, you can do that now. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly pretty shocked. Because I, I just have such low expectations for Nintendo's web services, and they built it. They built it almost exactly <laughs> as we described it. It works on a computer, like there's a website, you can do it from a, a tablet or smart device, and then of course there's a better search now in the game. And uh, you're welcome, Nintendo and, and Mario <laughs> Maker fans, like, I'm, the, I'm feeling pretty good. They still need to create level builders for other platforms even if they gate it behind Wii U playback. <laughs> so, and th- this is the thing, is I was watching this this YouTube video announcing this feature, which is kind of cool. They do little, like, update videos to show new features. I didn't realize they did that. But it's I was watching it, and the whole time I was like, oh, my God, if they say <laughs> that you can design a level from your iPad or something, like, I'm actually going to have to call a lawyer and be like, this was our idea. I want nothing. They owe us nothing, but... Just ship it. <laughs> yeah, please, just ship it. So actually, you know, since I'm here in your lovely abode, I got to try Mario Maker finally, and yeah. it's uh, it's pretty damn cool. I don't think I could give it the amount of, of playtime you've spent on it, but the snappiness of the interface is... Th- that that's crucial. <laughs> absolutely crucial. I feel like the even everything, like switching whole, um, what do you call it, a tile set, I guess? Yeah. It's it's super fast, crazy fast, yeah, and it's a, a a slick animation too. It just like all all the little squares, everything flip like over. flips over, yeah. And it, it's uh, it's neat. You made a level in like two minutes that took me like seven tries to beat. <laughs> that was cool. Spike jump. Uh, you gonna share it? I might as well now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So by the time this episode comes out, will we have like a code for it? Yeah. They'll be able to search for it. Mm-hmm. Can you tag it with something absurd? Like, can you tab it, tag it flipping tables? I don't know. I'll look uh, into it. We'll have to. <laughs> I, that would be cool. I can rename it at least to flipping tables, spike <laughs> jump. <laughs> there you go. So the other thing in our follow-up, uh, one of our listeners, um, I was I felt honored. 
one of our listeners said uh, they needed our take on on something that was released, and uh, that thing is Netflix sucks. <sighs> <laughs> I uh, I'm not surprised that companies are making novelty things like this. I just did not expect this. <laughs> I don't think any no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> But the thing I like about this is that it is the whole web page that they have make it dot Netflix dot com slash Netflix dash socks. <laughs> so they actually got their own name into the URL twice. <laughs> Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> the thing that I like about this is although you can just straight up buy them, the whole uh, page and I guess this whole subsection of Netflix is around like, hey, go make your own. Like, here's a cool project. And even though I don't think of Netflix as my source for DIY inspiration. <laughs> well, let's step back for a second. And these aren't just socks that are Netflix themed. They, they have tech in them so that they can detect if you've probably fallen asleep. These are and smart it, socks. And it'll pause your show. They're wearables. Which will, will save Netflix money on the bandwidth interchange connect fees they have to pay to send you content i i had that not, part i made up but. i had not thought of it that way but you're really kind of right it's like an adorable idea that no one will actually do but if like that one person does it like <laughs> oh, we saved an eighth of a cent on jim because jim wears our socks every time he watches netflix well if it's between that and showing you ads all the time i'll, I'll take socks take socks <laughs> these look like they're they're comfy hand-knitted socks that you have to use a soldering iron to build. <laughs> but could you imagine sitting down for Netflix and getting into a show and realizing you're not wearing the socks, wanting to get up and put <laughs> them on? Like, I might fall asleep. I better put on my Netflix socks. Uh, I sure can't. Um, and I will... So uh, the the S5 and S6, the Galaxy S5 and S6 uh, had... Which I disabled because it just seemed dumb to me. But it had a built-in like eye tracking feature, where uh, it did. I think I think it did two things. One was it would watch your eyes to maybe auto scroll the page for you. Which I was like, no, my hand is literally already on the device. I can swipe my thumb. That's fine. <laughs> and then the other thing is, if you started to like look away or nod off, and you were watching a video or something, it would pause it or dim the screen. I'm like is this a problem that needs to be solved? Like <laughs> for advertisers, it is, <laughs> oh, but Make do we, sure you're looking or we won't advance the ad. <laughs> do we really want to enable? I mean, I'm, I love Netflix, but do we really want to enable like, it's okay to binge watch until four in the morning. Cause if you doze off, we'll pause it for you. <laughs> like, I'm just, uh. it just seems like such a first world problem of like, I fell asleep and I don't remember where I was in the show. Oh no. <laughs> I have to call in sick to work so I can find <laughs> the last familiar episode. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've fallen asleep watching television, but the solution to this problem is to stop television before you fall asleep and then go to bed. <laughs> or you probably just need to go back half an hour at most. <laughs> yeah, it's usually not. And I mean, you know, in the little adorable video, they're like, Oh, you you binge watching your favorite show, and then you find yourself suddenly in season four, and it's like really like twelve hours of television went by. <laughs> you slept soundly through the night while the wire was playing at full blast. <laughs> like you have other problems. See a doctor. But this, I mean, it's cute, and it's. <sighs> I'll try and be positive because it's the holidays. The thing that I I actually like about this kind of a thing is the maker stuff is cool. 
right? They're encouraging you like, hey, yeah. make a thing. But it's people thinking of novel uses for really simple technology. Because if I understand this correctly, all it really does is say like, hey, you haven't moved your feet in a while. You're probably asleep, yeah. right? So then it pauses. And I don't know how long that threshold is, but still it's really simple. This is not complicated yeah. wizardry, but it's like a rearranging of existing thingies. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. But the specific problem it's solving, yeah. Well, I have to say it's solving a more defensible problem than the iPod socks ever solved, which was <laughs> how can I spend $30 to put a non-protective piece of cloth around my iPod? Which turns out not a lot of people had that problem. Well, and looking at this on Amazon's website, which there's three used and new from thirty eight ninety eight, which means it goes up from there. <laughs> so let's do some quick live research. Oh, guess what the most expensive one is? Eighty eight ninety four. <laughs> Some like Apple archivist fanboy wants these. I don't know why. Uh, the the kinds of crazies. They were they were deservedly mocked to hell when they came out. I mean, I know Apple has like a whole thing about accessories and dongles, and that's where they probably make <laughs> the vast majority of their money. Because if you have one laptop and you have to buy six dongles, they made. 900% markup on every <laughs> dongle, you know, but well, they incentivize them to remove ports so that it would can sell them. But this, the sock thing is just, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm looking at. <laughs> I've lost my grip on reality. It's just like, yeah, it doesn't protect your iPod. They look kind of silly. I mean, I, I guess if you're just like, they look fun, but it doesn't really go any further than that. Well, and it, it seems like the uh, the idea was, oh, you know how people take like an old favorite t-shirt and turn it into a purse or, you know, they'll like take all the, no. li- the license. <laughs> so, yeah, well, maybe you don't. I have a lot of old t-shirt purses. <laughs> but that's like, a, you know, you take a bunch of license plates and you fold them into a lunchbox or something like the, this recovered materials and turning it into something practical is, is like an, a very old thing. Um, but I don't really think of my socks as recoverable. Like when <laughs> socks have reached the end of their life, they're, they're done. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, now they go on to their second purpose in the world. <laughs> and I know these are not made from real socks, but I don't associate socks with things besides my feet. Yeah. You know, it'd be an interesting, like, Pokemon transformation of your socks. <laughs> become a t-shirt, become a purse, <laughs> and then I don't know what the, if there's a form beyond that. But. Do they usually have more than two evolutions? No, I don't think so. Uh, Says the guy who's never played through a Pokemon game. I, I know, know that Charmander and whatever the middle one is becomes Charizard, okay. Charizard, whatever. Charizard. And so, if, if they all follow Charmander's... Is that we the, all should follow that, Charmander. That's the yellow yeah. lightning one, right? Ash Ketchum. <laughs> I love the, the calm head shaking. Like, is he kidding? Is he trolling me? I don't, what do I do here? Uh, How do you feel about this thing with startups? I mean, Netflix, hardly a startup, but <laughs> yeah. how do you feel about this thing with startups and socks? Like, do you, would you rather go back to t-shirts with big billboards on the front? Uh, I, I like hoodies because <laughs> hoodies are comfortable and you pretty much wear them on the couch in the winter. Okay. 
Well, so and you live somewhere cold. We yeah, live, we live in a cold place, so you get a lot of life but out it, of a hoodie. It turns out people calibrate themselves that people in California feel cold and decide to wear hoodies, even though they don't live in a freezing climate. Is a hoodie a universal garment? Is it like the great I mean, le- leather garment? There's different leadings on how <laughs> thick the the hoodie is, but I don't know. It feels like people autocorrect too, like. In, they can be cold no matter where they live, even if the climate. That's fair. So human biology aside, you go to a conference. It's a tech conference. They're going to give you some kind of chotsky. What would you want? It's not going to be something useful like a year's subscription to their software or a yeah. new MacBook or something. Like It's going to be a chotsky. Like, what do you want? I mean, it's hard to go wrong with the hoodie. You want a hoodie? I mean, shirts are pretty hit or miss. Usually miss. Um, every once in a while, there's like, that shirt is so cool. Please give me one of those. And... <laughs> You always hope your company makes that kind of shirt. Well, it's probably extra hard for you because you're very tall. So yeah. a lot of the shirts that are long enough for you are probably also wide enough to cover a small car. Yeah, so I, I usually go for XL, but the the problem is they, they often straight up fit fine. And if I'm not careful about how I wash them, they immediately are not long enough anymore. <laughs> so now you have the widest <laughs> belly shirt. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, thanks. What do you want? You want socks? I, I kind of like this thing with socks. So I wear uh, fake dress shoes most of the time. Um, they're actually they're made by Vivo Barefoot. They look like dress shoes, but they're actually like hipster. They're modern actually comfortable. Barefoot. You don't hate yourself at the end of every day. Yeah, pretty much. Because really, I like the zero drop. But what I really want is the wide toe box. Um, I've noticed that uh, like I used to wear Chuck Taylors a lot. And now I don't because... <laughs> I wore them, uh, I had a pair recently, and I wore them for, I don't know, like a few days in a row, and they started to uh, push my pinky toenails off, like it was actually yeah. like pushing it off of the Mm-mm. side of my toe, <laughs> and a big nasty blister, not not fun or pleasant, so I and now I just have to wear like normal shoes or wide toe box shoes all the time, and these look like dress shoes, so if I'm going to wear them, I like to wear dress-y socks. So we were talking about this crazy sock thing and like if this then that makes socks and I literally just tweeted at them, please don't do this, don't harass them. <laughs> they sell them, I think you can just buy them with money. But before they sold them publicly, I was like, oh my God, I want a pair of these. And they very nicely were like, where do we ship them? I was like, oh, that's amazing. And I, they're, they're nice socks. They're, I feel like... They should have made you build a nifty recipe to <laughs> right, prove your worth. <laughs> Well, I feel like the socks are a higher quality than a corresponding T-shirt would have been, right? Because yeah. the T-shirt is usually just, you know, Jim's generic. It's, oh, someday I'll shirts. paint a wall wearing this shirt. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> or I'm going to cut this into rags and dust with it. <laughs> but the, they're nice socks. And Slack is doing this now. There's There's actually startups that all they do is sell socks <laughs> to other startups with their startups logo on it. Where do we go from here? Just like the <laughs> snaking and eating itself of startups. But no, I can get behind the whole sock thing. And I, I realize a, a good hoodie is a premium piece of swag that y- you don't see a hoodie at every booth when you go to a, any sort of conference. That's true. It's usually some kind of plastic crap that you don't want, but well, and I've started, it, it's hard. I'll admit it's hard because it, you got to catch them all. But when you, I'm at a conference and I see like, oh, it's a little stress football with the company's logo on it, or <laughs> it's a pen that's probably a piece of garbage. Like I've actually gotten better about not picking all that stuff up. 
And it's hard. Man, the temptation yeah. is there. I'm just like, free thing. Ooh. But now I'm like, no, I don't want that Chotsky. <laughs> like, I'm not going to. If there were socks or a hoodie, I'd be like, hell yes. Do you have any in medium? But yeah, a little stress ball, little keychains, bottle openers, yeah. lots of bottle openers. And lots of car charging, USB adapter kind of things. I've noticed that's starting to, like, it's it's on its next legs. Like, it was really big for a while, and then it died out, and now they're coming back again. Yeah. Um. Also, those, those uh, like, chapstick-sized uh, little batteries. It's got, like, a 500 milliamp yeah. battery in it. It's like, oh, great. This 10%. Will, this will get me a... A third of an Apple $100 phone <laughs> case. <laughs> so that's, you know... Maybe just stop giving away chat. You know, it'd be cool if you just walked up and they had like a hundred little tickets. And if you, you took a ticket, they were like, okay, we're going to donate like $10 to a charity now. It's like, oh, cool. That like, thanks. Can I take one for my son? I would take that over plastic crap. Right. And surely there will be some startup that will do that. And then there will be a startup that manages that for other startups. Now you just, you're opening up a whole can of worms with this whole swag thing, but <laughs> really I'm am. just making me think of a topic around, uh, you know, you end up at a couple conferences every year, even oh, though yeah. you're out of academia, probably more now, more now, um, which is surprising actually, cause I went to a lot before. And one of the frightening little corners of this thing we call gamification is around getting people to go to vendors at conferences. And it seems like that's one graveyard for horrible QR code scavenger hunt schemes. And uh, I definitely noticed that at Adobe Max, I went in August and they had one of those, like your badge had a code and... You were at a vendor conference that had vendors? So there were vendor tables? Yeah. Adobe well, Max, yeah. the creativity conference. I mean, there's, yeah, so there's tablets other... and Intel was there and Microsoft right. was there and... They all want to position themselves as the, the creator's friend. <laughs> Apple wasn't there, but Apple was there in every other way unofficially. We don't show up, but we're there. <laughs> Adobe advertises for us. Now, I felt bad for that. We don't have to talk about Adobe Max, but I have to say this anecdote. I felt bad for Microsoft because they officially sponsored Adobe Max, and they had like the Surface 4, and the Surface Book was just unveiled. And uh, what does Adobe do on stage? They bring an iPad Pro on stage. And show how cool it is to draw on it. And I'm like, oh, that's got to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to. I have a similar anecdote, but I don't, it, it would be way too easy to piece it together. So yeah. uh, I empathize. <laughs> but I was at so a, We bought our place, but they didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was at a conference recently, um, working the booth for the, the company I, I do my day job for when I'm not podcasting. And they did the, uh, the go see the vendors travel book thing, but it was with uh, stamps. And the thing that I liked about it was uh, the most of the companies put their logos in there like super gigantic. And ours was like a respectable size. And a couple of people after like the third or fourth person who was like, oh, I'm not sure which page of the book you're on. I was like, then you don't get a stamp. You, you're gonna find it in the book, <laughs> and like most people were like, "Oh, ha ha!" And I was like, "No, really! Like, I'm not gonna flip to the page for you. Like, you have to find it." Well, I imagine if, if hundreds of people come by, that would get old really fast, really fast. Because like, most people, to be fair, this was a very uh, small conference, a really um, intimate group of people that all knew each other well. So they were a good group, but. I was like, no, the point is you're supposed to talk to me and you don't, it wasn't that you had to collect every stamp. 
So I was like, you're choosing this booth over, say, that booth. So just just talk to me for a second. Talk, just tell me about your day. What did you think of lunch? How are yeah. you enjoying the conference? Like, we don't have to talk about my company. Just talk to me for a second. The whole, then I will stamp you. The gamification stuff reminds me of just, like, teachers doing, like, I'm building a community in my class. I require seven posts by <laughs> Tuesday. And so it's like the forced friendship of, guess we're doing this. Yeah. Seven posts and two replies. And they have to be substantial replies, but I'm not going to define what substantial <laughs> yeah. means. Anyway, we should get to our main <laughs> topics. Which so, is, yeah, in, in the spirit of Christmas and New Year's, the time it is, um, I thought we would talk a little bit about some like Christmassy stuff, travely stuff, not specific like stories in the news or more like our Christmas experiences. Mm-hmm. So, As it relates to tech, hopefully. I, do you have other facets of your personality? <laughs> I, I don't. Now I'm suddenly feeling bad. There's just tables and stuff that flips and True. technology. The table we're sitting at is actually perfect for flipping, too, because the, <laughs> the legs are thin and off to the side, so you're not going to clock yourself in the face with it. <laughs> this is great. I don't want to wreck your stuff, but I'm really tempted but, to but just you like want to wreck my stuff. a little bit. So when you travel, you're going to go see family, right? Yeah. And, and surely when you were a kid in college, you went back and saw family. Did you get roped into the the family tech support? A little bit. And I mean, I I like helping people, especially when they're people I love. And so it's (laughs) it's not like I was roped in. Um, But yeah, definitely. Um, New devices. Christmas is a a time when a lot of people nowadays, it's phones often, but get new things. Tablets, things that hook up to the TV, nonsense of all kinds. And is it... So what's what's the relate? You know, because you're in a bigger family than mine. Is this a uh, an understood like? Oh, Mike will help you set that up, or is it where they're sitting next to you on the couch and it's like I just can't figure this out, and they're looking <laughs> at you out of the side of their eye, waiting no, for you to that. offer to help. I mean, growing up, I was always excited to try the thing anyway. So it was like, you just got that. Let me use it. <laughs> Look and, at this thing I just got that you just got. <laughs> um, I mean, more recently, I mean, my siblings are mostly, they can figure out what they're doing depending on the level of detail of the gadget. But if it's just HDMI and plug, they can figure that out. They don't need help. But fortunately, things are have gotten progressively simpler. It's just everything has its own remote now. So you have a pile of remotes. Um, I, that is one of the best parts about cord cutting is I completely missed the time in history when everybody had a cable box and a satellite box and a DVR and a TiVo and a VCR and a DVD player. Yeah. So like I went from having one remote. Gotta change the input. Gotta grab the right remote. Yeah. I went from having one remote to having one remote and then using my phone. So now I turn the TV on and then I grab the PlayStation controller or I grab my phone <laughs> But basically, my television remote just turns TV on and off. It's pretty great. I wish it was just one giant red <laughs> button. Um, but I mean, the family tech support thing extends beyond like new gadget. How do you turn it on? Um, it's it's it kind of comes down to phone maintenance. Everyone's been tricked into getting a 16 gig iPhone. It's like, <laughs> well, I, I am three software versions behind because I don't have space to upgrade, and I my photos have filled up, and it's just like this whole like, oh my god. <laughs> And so do you do you feel like now the obligation is shifted from uh, I'm going to show you how to use this thing to I'm going to show you how to like 
use it better almost <laughs> like let's get you yeah. set up with backblaze let's get you connected to your iCloud account oh my god why do you still plug into iTunes to update your iPhone yeah and like the whole like oh it's a smartphone you get apps like that's all so well ingrained in the culture now there's you don't have to explain anything but there is a like lately the push has been you know whether it's Google or you know iCloud or something just pay the dollar two dollar five dollar for space and back up all your photos. All the things. And just like, because photos is like one of the most damn universal things that anyone uses their phones for. And it feels like that's one of those things people don't understand how much they actually do now. Like, even I, I, I would have said, and I think I have said, like, oh, I don't really take that many pictures. And then I'll go into Google Photos to look at something, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I took like a hundred pictures over the last month. Like what? And of what and why? And yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I did that thing. And oh yeah, my daughter was, you know, playing in the snow and oh, we went to that place and it, there was like beautiful flowers or whatever. And it's just like, because it's so easy and it's with you all the time. I don't feel like I don't have these vivid memories of like, yes, I had my giant Canon camera around my neck with the huge black strap. <laughs> and I had to, I kept losing the lens cap, like all the the barrier between doing a thing and taking a photo of the thing is is wafer thin. Yeah. And it like whatever however low my threshold is of not wanting to have to think about backing up that stuff, it's even lower for everyone else. They're like <laughs> like they're not gonna they're not gonna investigate options, they're not gonna compare services. It's like nope. oh, that's a thing that can happen. Oh, how much does it cost? I don't want to spend any money. And then like I think it's working because it comes down to these are like by and large the memories of your child's first couple years <laughs> like just pay the dollar a month and know that it's backed up well and especially there isn't uh always a good physical uh and you know was allegory is that the word I'm looking for like a, a good comparison to the physical wor- world yeah allegory whatever that we'll fix that in post. <laughs> there isn't always alligator. A, there isn't always a good alligator to directly compare it to. Uh, but I feel like if you spelled it out for someone, imagine all the photo albums you have of your kids and grandkids, and they're they're in the the you know armoire or they're in the the chaise or whatever. Uh, my chaise has storage in it. I guess <laughs> I guess most people's don't, but mine does, and. If you said to that person, uh, I will take a dollar from you every month, and if your house burns to the ground, those photos will still be safe. You'll have to buy new furniture, and you'll have to buy new clothes, but the photos will still be safe. Is that worth a dollar to you? And then they would probably be like, yes, absolutely. It's like, okay, this is exactly that, except that you have a bajillion ways you can destroy or lose your phone, (laughs) right? Whereas your house is probably not going to burn down. Yeah. And we went through some of this when we, I talked about like trying to archive my dad's digital stuff. But like, I when I went for Thanksgiving, I was just like, "Mom, you're you're we're getting fifty gigs of space, and your phone will just be backed up. That's just don't argue, <laughs> set it up. I can. Dad already paid for some of it. I can downgrade his because he doesn't need it, obviously. And uh, so you're actually still going to save money. Just let's not think about this. Let's just have this be a solved problem." <sighs> I don't feel like this even counts as insurance, right? Because this isn't protecting you in case something bad happens because with insurance, you only get 
made whole again, <laughs> which I think is just the worst way you could possibly describe that. But you only get made whole again if something really terrible happens, like a flood or a fire or theft. Um, but with like backing your photos up, like for me, I use Google Photos. I think you use Photos and iCloud and Dropbox, right? <laughs> Um, Not Dropbox, but Google Photos. Oh, see, all my stuff goes into Dropbox, and then I periodically like put everything it. except my. I think I'm my photo library is 12 gigs right oh, now. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm I'm using. Uh, it could go in Dropbox, but then it would be on all my computers mm, that way, right? Unless I w- decided to selectively not sync it. Uh, just yeah, there's too many like, extra steps. Yeah. <laughs> But with 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 iCloud photo backup, I actually started using the Amazon photo backup because it's free and oh, unlimited, right. and why not? Um, I don't even know if it's on iOS, but it probably is. But it, it's just like I download it once, and now it's one more place my photos are backed up. But the thing about Google Photos for me and iCloud photos, I'm sure for you and a lot of people, is that's also how I share those photos. So it, now instead of having to go through hundreds of photos and be like, which ones do I want to upload to the internet and then share them with people? They're already uploaded to the internet yeah. for backup reasons, and then I just check a box, and I'm like, send this one to mom and dad. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be on Facebook or Imager or anything. Right. And that, that to me, is like... So with even if you did have to And there's to pay, no extra step. Your photos are already there. Yeah, already done. You can just copy the URL and be like, yeah. here we go. So that, to me, is for, for someone who's like, oh, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's like, this isn't even an insurance policy. This will actually grant you other benefits and services and then the insurance is kind of an afterthought as opposed to being you know the backup and security being the sole reason you're doing this where it sits on a hard drive somewhere and nobody ever looks at it yeah i mean part of the whole backup thing is it gives me more confidence to tell my family members okay upgrade your phones now or you know do what you need to do you can delete that app or this you know, these gigs of videos that don't need to live on your phone can go. Yeah. And that's just like, it's amazing how Apple is still selling 16 gigabyte phones. But I mean, everyone is, but that they, you know, they charge you a hundred dollars and there's no other option did, to expand ta- your storage. Did we talk about the conspiracy theory around this? No. Okay. So the most common conspiracy theory is that they just uh, want the entry level to be there, but then really... They know everyone's going to upgrade, so they can say, "Oh, the phone's only four ninety nine or whatever," but nobody's going to buy the four ninety nine one. They're going to buy the seven ninety nine. Everyone one. does buy the four ninety nine, right? So the that's the conspiracy theory. The rational reason I heard uh, actually on another podcast that I don't know enough about global supply chains, so I can't say how valid it is, but it struck me as valid is there are so many iPhones. That maybe they really are just exhausting the amount of what is it, DRAM, I guess, the, the soldered on storage. So like, it's just a supply and demand. It may actually be situation. a supply problem. Like, But that seems like a convenient explanation because all the other phone manufacturers and tablet manufacturers and laptop manufacturers that are using solid-state drives don't seem to have this problem. And don't get me wrong, there's a hell of a lot more iPhones than there are Dell laptops, but not when you put all of those things together. (laughs) When you take all the Nexus tablets and all the Dell laptops and all the HP laptops and all the standalone Samsung SSDs, like, really? 16 gigs is still the most you can do, conveniently? And, I mean, 
Yeah, it's just I, I see friends and family members that aren't techies struggle so much with my phone constantly badgers me with I'm out of space, I'm out of space. And I'm like, yeah, that looks really annoying. I would yeah. hate to live that way. <laughs> well, So how big is your iPhone? 64 gig. And your iPad? 128. Right. Because you, you take this very seriously. Because $100, <laughs> even, even if you think it's gouging, it's just worth not thinking about it later. I agree. And I've never gone the full size with any of my phones, but uh, I think two devices ago, I stopped doing the minimum because I used to be like, oh, eight gigs is fine. Yeah. Eh. Well, the, the counter argument has always been like, well, some people don't use much of their phones. And my argument against that is, but everyone takes pictures and video and that shit fills up fast. So fast. So even if they never install a single app, they can immediately be out of space. Yeah, you may not be storing any music or you know downloading Amazon and Google Play videos to your phone, but did you get a new iPhone that has like a 4K camera in it and you're taking 240 <laughs> slow frames? Like, yeah, that video is going to be like 10 megs a second. <laughs> that takes 4K footage, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. So that, I guess that's... You can't, you can't do family tech support if somebody opens a 16 gig iPhone on Christmas morning and you're like, oh, let me help you with that by returning it and, yeah. and getting you a 32 gig or larger. Well, and, and no one's going to want to hook that up and dump the file. Like you might do that once and then you're like, oh, when am I going to remember to do that again? Never. Yeah. Well, does iCloud do any kind of smart, like, oh, hey, you're out of local storage. So I'm going to. You've backed this stuff up to iCloud, so I'm going to start deleting yeah. the oldest things. So I think even by default, what it does is it, it backs up the full res version to iCloud, and then it keeps only a device-optimized version. So okay. it, it downsamples it basically to whatever will still look just as good on your phone. Right, which is what you care about when yeah. you show your friends pictures of your cat or your kid or whatever. So it does that, but man, it still fills up so fast. Well, I feel like people really do not understand how big video is. And every time we get a like two steps better at compression, we take a hundred steps back <laughs> by adding 10 times as many pixels. And now it's 60 frames per second instead of 30 frames per second. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so we just doubled the amount well, of information. Like batteries and processors like we just had a breakthrough of power management. All right, let's drive it faster than ever before. Yep. Oh, so now we can clock it like one more hertz. Okay. Oh, great. There goes that gain. So backup, we we went like way, way, way off yeah. the rails there. Upgrading. Yeah, backups, upgrades. Um, my thing that I want to do is I want to start getting family members onto and friends onto password managers that's a hard one super hard no it, one wants to think about it's it. a tall hill to climb <laughs> do not get me wrong but it's i the, don't even think justin uses i think he owns one password and hasn't justin if you listen you gotta you gotta chime in on this but i feel like you told me that they just all hunter too you just didn't catch on and i'm like come on well i i feel like it's uh this is insurance right yeah. There's no, it's not really that fun or gratifying or satisfying to use, but then it's risk mitigation. It's exactly. But then the one time you lose your one password to whatever, and then it's like, oh no, that's also the password to my bank and my email and to everything else. I've had this exact same conversation with people about locking their phones. They're like, oh, there's nothing sensitive on my phone. Is email on your phone? Yes. That's literally everything. (laughs) Because what do you do when you forget your password? 
send me an email and I will reset my password. So if they have your email, they have life. They have (laughs) all the things. (laughs) So even that, like before you even get to a password manager, you have to cross the boundary of making them understand what's at stake. And the, the Android and iOS have gotten better at like really, really please set a pin. Do not skip this. Yeah. Um, they, they drive it pretty hard now on newer Apple devices. Do they push you to a six digit pin? Yeah. Yeah. I think my my iPad Air 2, still when I set it up, I think only made me do four-digit old school. (laughs) Only 10,000 options. It's the principle of the thing, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it also turns on the encryption. And I guess the the, the last catch-all family tech support category, I know you got some more on your list maybe, um, is uh, kind of this what I call the stop hitting yourself, which is... (laughs) Really, like, I mean, it makes me sound like an asshole. Like, I'm just going to be like, oh, you don't know what you're doing or something. But, like, if you see someone hitting themselves metaphorically with technology, you can just be like, okay, it doesn't have to be this hard. Like, we can figure this out. <laughs> like, this is, I can't believe I forgot to tell you about this. So, speaking of seeing someone else's technology, um, I was at my parents' house recently. My parents have an Amazon Echo. It is exactly the way it's marketed <laughs> it work it's lightning fast it sounds way closer to real speech than any like phone or tablet or computer i've i've used i mean it's not light years better but it is better and the uh the microphones the the array of mics in there like so they have it they're the way their house is set up it's kind of uh almost like rectangular um so they have it like in the center part of the house. So it's maximally accessible. And we were sitting at the kitchen table and uh, I was like, oh, I forgot you guys have an echo because it's very nondescript. It's just yeah. off to the side. And it was a little black cylinder and uh, <laughs> Monolith. <laughs> a little 2001. And I, I just said, I was like, oh, you guys have it. You know, how do you like it now that you've had it for a few months? Like you're still pretty happy with it. And uh, my father's big baseball fan. So he just shouted, you know, like, ahoy, cylinder. <laughs> give give me information about this baseball game and it's just like oh here's whatever score from such and such team and it really does sound a lot like a person answering you and you know it'll tell you jokes way across and, the room and- yeah because the the speaker inside you know if you're the kind of nut job who buys like a pono player you would say like <laughs> oh the speaker inside is so tinny and terrible but for speech it's perfect totally fine and, you know, it just sounds like someone who's f- a little further away than the thing actually is because it's, you know, radiating out. But, you know, jokes and you can ask it fairly <laughs> complicated questions like Syrian Google style where you can be like, here's like a question. From alpha or or you mean like the context? Like- yeah, like it'll do a little bit of context following. It's it's fairly sophisticated and quick. Like that was what I really was surprised about was just how because we've come to expect this from Siri and Google, but I don't, I still don't think of Amazon this way, yeah. like as, as nailing these kinds of problems. And I was just like, you know, ahoy monolith. What's the <laughs> weather like? And it's just like lightning fast. Just like it's 72 degrees outside. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> those are still the only questions I ask any AI is whether, when is the next sport team game occasionally right. or, you know, stuff like that. So my parents are using it. And my mom listens to the show, so hi, mom. <laughs> my, my parents are using it way more in the way I think Silicon Valley imagines people will use these devices. So perfect example. Where should is, we get sushi? 
Where should we get sushi when we're done at the ballet? <laughs> oh, close the garage. No, it's more like uh, there. So there's like a companion app and uh, it has like built in to do lists and stuff. So quick aside here, um, there's a, a slap Kirk website uh, that I wanted to mention and put into the show notes. And Which David's mom can find at sunriserobot.net <laughs> slash flipping tables slash 98. Capital work there. Um, I, so I, I have this loaded in a tab so that I can remember to put it in the show notes. And my l- laptop fan is freaking out. <laughs> like it's having this tab open is murdering my battery and RAM right now. So I'm going to go ahead. Flash? <laughs> it's probably no. It's HTML5. It's just really inefficiently written, I guess. I don't know, but I'm closing it. Um, I can hear it trying to levitate off the table. Um, but no, so there, there's this companion app and uh, it has like a to-do list and stuff in it that it can speak to. And so if I know you're at the store, instead of texting you like, hey, Mike, can you pick up milk while you're at the store? I can say, ahoy, monolith, add milk to the to-do list or to the to the shopping list. And then when you open the shopping list in the grocery store, even if you already have it open, it will sync that data in in real time. So it's kind of like, is that trivial? Yes. Do we have a hundred other ways to already solve that problem? Absolutely. But I like the idea that the goal is not to send a text message or to tweet at someone. It's to get information from a source to a destination. And if you're doing something around the house or if your phone is, you know, down on the desk and you're sitting on the couch or whatever, instead of getting up and get, getting your phone and or whatever, you can do what you feel is closest to most natural, which is just speaking your thought out loud, you know, <laughs> buy milk. And then the person will come home with milk as if you had told them before they left. Yeah. Like it, trivial. Yes. Neat. Hell yes. But just, yeah. One of those turning points of like, oh man, this isn't just a cool trick. Like people are going to grow up with this being normal Star Trek life. <laughs> yeah, just speaking to the thing and getting answers. And, you know, it can, it's, it's like, a calculator. mean there was a time when people couldn't just ask for any piece of information <laughs> and immediately have an answer? Yeah. I mean, that was a novelty of the first smartphone. It was like, I can Google from literally anywhere and get answers to things? Well, yes, but the the... What's the opposite of a silver lining? The rotten green lining? <laughs> the sad crying lining? I don't know. The the downside to that is the thousands upon thousands of think pieces that all swear to God that we're all getting stupider because nobody remembers anything anymore. They just Google it. So it's not all roses is what I'm saying. Technology is making us antisocial. <laughs> nobody ever ignored each other before smartphones. Everyone loved everyone all the time. Is there so any other rituals you do when you go travel for family holidays or, or anything tech related? Like, all right, mom, it's time to I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to I don't know what. Um, no, because I up until recently have not had, and by recently I mean the last few years, right? I haven't had this strong push for um, like device security and password managers, so if this kind of thing had been more ingrained in me 
10 years ago, then yeah, yeah, every time I went home for a holiday in college, I would have been like, oh my God, have you guys set this up yet? You need to set this up right now. Yeah. And I mean, I beat this drum all the time. Like I've definitely had friends and who are just like, no, I don't lock my phone yet. Get over it. And I'm like, but you're going to regret this. Yeah. The only kinds of iPhones that still get stolen are the ones that are unlocked. <laughs> all of the other ones do not get stolen because they're encrypted. Yours is unlocked and not encrypted. Yeah. It seems like a lot of this stuff is plateaued because I can I can remember a time when like my dad bought my grandpa a cell phone because I want to be able to call you and like sort of that like it's a gift so I can access you or like so we can yes. Here's a do pager. something and like there's still some of that but I feel like you know most people have a phone that can go anywhere can install apps we can Skype we can do whatever we want and so there's a little less of that. Um, but there could be a new wave with Internet of Things. I don't know. But Oh, God. Yeah. That, no, that's coming because you're going to go home for Christmas and all the stocking stuffers are going to be f***ing Netflix socks. <laughs> and you're going to be like, I, now I have to calibrate everybody's Netflix socks. This is terrible. Like, Okay, everybody pretend you're asleep so I can calibrate your Netflix socks. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I guess as... Uh, this stuff has gotten more ridiculously ingrained. It has definitely plateaued, but the problems are also becoming uh, more difficult to communicate. Like, it's really hard for me to explain to someone who does not understand computer security why a password manager. It's like, well, there's this thing called entropy, and basically, the more characters in your password that's drawing from a larger set of possible characters has what's <laughs> called a higher entropy. And it's like, I barely understand this in terms of the deep mathematics and then yeah. to explain it to someone who not only doesn't understand, but also doesn't care. Yeah. That's why I like <laughs> one password. It's the amazingly well named because yes. that's the pitch entirely is well, its name. Yeah. And last pass, the last password you'll ever need. Yeah. They, yeah. they, the marketing writes itself, but that's hard if they don't get that pitch. It's like, well, uh, <laughs> but I already have one password. No, no, <laughs> No, baseball is not going to cut it. <laughs> and it doesn't help if the most things, the the most common things they do online are things like, well, I need to be able to log into my bank and my bank only lets me make an eight character password. It's like, well, then move all your accounts that. to another bank. <laughs> How would you feel if the lock on the vault where all the money was kept was like a crappy high school locker One combination lock? Code. Yeah. Would you trust that bank with your money? No, this is the digital equivalent of that. See, if the safe was on the door was on the outside of the building. <laughs> so, okay, so enough about what we have to do for others. This is not like some kind of season of giving. Um, what what do you want to do in in the new year? Like what are your tech resolutions? Yeah, um the the techiest one is I I I want to look at my backup situation always and just make sure I'm I really have it together. I really am not going to lose <laughs> stuff. So you want to walk the walk. I do. And I mean, I pay for back plays and uh I have stuff backed up externally. It's not just on machines in my house. 321, Mike. <laughs> 3 copies, two different forms of media, one offsite. Yeah. And uh, I th I don't know, I think I meet that definition, but I'm always just like, 
you got to take a tour to go like, do I really have what I think I have? And, uh, <laughs> and I, does it work? Yeah. If I restore the copy, is it corrupted or is it, does it yeah. function? And I mean, there's also an app for Mac OS 10 called super duper. That'll create bootable clones. Of oh yeah. yeah. Mac is, it, is that an alternative to time capsule or does it work with time capsule? It's, uh, an alternative, but okay. you, it's a little more programmer friendly. You can do different kinds of bundles and, uh, um, it's, it's the nerd version of time yeah. capsule and you can schedule it. And like the, the whole idea is, um, that if your thing blows up and you use it for professional reasons, you want to be able to clone something and get back to work. Immediately. Oh, right. Because you don't want to just be like, well, I have the install media for OS ten, and it'll just take me six hours to set yeah, everything back up. You don't up. want that. You want an actually bootable backup. See, yeah, this is a smart one because I don't think I've ever done this. Yeah. And this actually, I don't know if you wanted to do this back and forth, but uh, this actually directly calls into question what I wanted to do as a resolution, <laughs> which is to have a really nice automated build script for a new machine. That's still a good goal. It is, but it does not solve the problem that your thing solves. They're similar, but they solve different yeah. problems. Mine is I'm installing a new version of the OS and I want to start clean, but I also don't want to reinstall a hundred different software yeah. packages. Yours is I have a project due tomorrow at work and my computer just caught fire. Yeah. Can I get back <laughs> up and running as fast as possible? Yeah. Yeah, those are two similar but very distinctly different needs. And I'm jinxing myself, but I've never had that kind of meltdown on a machine. Oh, God, it's on fire right now. <laughs> it hurt um, us. <laughs> but, yeah, I it would, it would burn a whole day, if not more, to set things up, depending on what I needed to do. Oh, for sure. And and the real, the real deep OS X updates, they are not zippy. Yeah. Because I just, I bit myself the other day, I did what only stupid tech people do and no normal person would ever do, which was I had a meeting in 25 minutes and I was like, Oh, OS 10 needs to restart. That'll be fine. <laughs> and then I restarted it. And then 24 minutes later, I found myself desperately trying to figure out how to dial into this web conference from <laughs> my phone, but also have my tablet open to like the notes that I needed to have access to. Cause I wasn't sure if I could put the web conferencing app in the background on my phone. So I needed to go multi-device feel very viscerally why lap tablets do not replace laptops. <laughs> well, and I didn't have time to test it. I was <laughs> like, this might work, but I don't know. And I don't have time to evaluate it. So although my machine had not melted down, it was out of commission. And if it had melted down, I basically would have had to cancel all my meetings for the rest of that day. Cause it's like, this is going to take hours to refresh and get everything running again. Yeah, and I mean, cloning a super duper would still take a little while, but it would be mindless. You could do like there's no active involvement required from you once you initiate it. And um, I'm I'm tempted to explore automating. They they have a free version, but to do all the fancy scheduling automation, I think you got to buy it. It's, That's but fair. It seems worth it. Like um, especially the more I dig into this design career, I'm gonna have like every day will be significant progress on animations or something where even like, you know, it used to be like, Oh, I went back a day. I lost a day of work, whatever. I just typed up some stuff. It's whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but like when it's like, take no. that people who type, <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, I went through concepts and had a whole scene or, I mean, yeah, I'm Dropboxing this stuff, but again, it's, it's about well, mitigating. Well, the, but it's also for you, isn't it also a lot about the environment? Like, aren't yeah. there, 
maybe uh, all you, of my downloaded like a, yeah brushes and preferences and things that you probably don't have memorized since you don't have to like tweak those every day. That's why you got to investigate these things. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly it. So with the the build script, so I started to test this for um, the the machine I'm on right now, and so there's this thing called Homebrew. And I've been slowly adding these in the notes. So I'm going to try and have comprehensive show notes of, of cool stuff. Um, so there's this thing called homebrew and, and it's uh, a, like a package manager for OS 10 and you can automate it through the terminal where you can like run a script and it will just go out and like grab all kinds of different packages for people on Linux. They're going, yeah, so that's how that's supposed to work. <laughs> but for people on windows and, and OS 10, that's like a pretty novel concept, right? So, <laughs> Uh, so you can set all this stuff up and, and have it be largely automated. So it's like I have a brand new machine. I press this button. I go get a cup of coffee. When I come back, all this software is installed. Well, I already got bit by this because I used Homebrew to install a bunch of stuff that we use for podcasting. And then Susan went to record an episode of Eclectic Readers Book Club and none of those applications were accessible from her profile because they were installed to my profile, not to the root applications folder. And I was like, this is a limitation I did not know about. <laughs> like I use this machine 99.99% of the time. She uses it just to record. Was that because OS 10 not allowing root installations or I think homebrew, I think homebrew for security reasons does not access root. Um, and it also may have something to do with like Linux permissions and security because it is a Unix core at the heart of it. And nerds, please don't get mad at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you, you see my point is like there's nothing immediately obvious to someone with my suite of technical knowledge that those applications are going to be installed in a different place until I logged into her profile, opened Spotlight, and started to type SKY for Skype, and it didn't come up. And I was like huh, maybe Spotlight just has an out-of-date database. And then I go to the applications folder and find her. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> and then it slowly started to dawn on me. She has to record in like an hour. And I'm like, oh, God, I have to set up everything. Like, <laughs> fortunately, Logic was in there. But I was like, I've set up Audio Hijack. I've set up Skype. I've set up yeah. Chrome. Like, everything. <laughs> Nothing was installed in her profile. So yeah, I guess it depends on how you install that. Because if you go through the GUI, I feel like it does go to every user. Yeah, it does. Folder. Yeah, it's just it's about the way Homebrew does it. Yeah. And and it's like I said, I think it's a security thing. I'm sure there are valid reasons. This is a highly regarded package manager, but I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um so that 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 was the techiest of my resolutions. I only have two others and that I'm going to talk about today, but um Do you want to do one or Oh, we just, did we not just do the toss? Oh, I guess I guess we just did. <laughs> um, there's a pause that smart podcast software will shorten. Um, my, my other goals are not so much tech for tech's sake. They're they're always tied to personal goals, and um, the biggest one that I'm working on as hard as possible right now is visual painting, drawing, design skills, and uh, brushes, and especially digital the digital side of it. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I got an iPad Pro and a pen, Apple Pencil, but we'll talk about it next episode. Um, but uh, that's a, a big part of it. But even before that, I, I was using Adobe's apps, and I'm in this whole new space that I've have I have so much to learn, and it's exciting and fun. But um, I, I just want to get really good at that stuff. Do you uh, do you have any plans or 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 think you might be open to going? 
more analog or are you very much interested in the digital side of this of drawing and painting and animations as opposed to painting with oils on canvas yeah. and i mean I, I i love i mean i'm i plan to do paper and pencil sketches all the time too just because and I, I don't consider these things in competition or identical or anything like that they're they're siblings J- just for your time they're yeah. in competition but cer- true. certainly not as art forms no yeah and i i mean i I, t- I trend towards the digital side just because there's it's it's such a to steal a steve jobs line that he stole from someone else i'm sure <laughs> it's like it really does feel like a bicycle for my art skills of like I can do so much more with undo and with the the different ways you can work digitally really suit my limitations and uh or or maybe my impatience <laughs> of like being yeah. able to magically undo to be able to scale and twist and move things after I've sketched them pencil like right and it's just it's just really fun and so I, I I'm embracing that side a lot I'm inclined to believe. And I know we have some artists that listen, so correct me if I'm totally coming out of left field here, but I'm inclined to believe that if you could go back in time and say to, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, like, hey, um, this will generate an end product that looks exactly the way you want it to look, but you don't have to, like, set the canvas on fire if you get halfway into it and you smear the, the oil paint. Right. Mm -hmm. And start from scratch. Like you can literally undo a mistake. Right. It'll be like magic. It'll be as though it never happened. And And quiet, Bob Ross. There there are (laughs) bad mistakes. There are bad mistakes. (laughs) And so this is something uh, Merlin Mann talked about on a a recent episode of Back to Work. There's like this notebook you can buy for for like I think it's for kids, but really anybody I, I could benefit from this like as an adult. And it has instructions in it about how to break it. So it's like, you know, rip this page out and like spit on this page and like draw big black X's all over this page. And the idea is you do that for a section of the book. And then because the book is now ruined, you're free to not worry about ruining it. Yeah. Right. And I like I had never realized that this was a fear I had. But I think that's why I'm more attracted to digital art stuff than physical stuff, because it can always be undone. But with a, a physical piece of paper, if you make a mistake, it's like, oh, this page is ruined now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm finding that lesson is true in sketching as I, I'm trying to get good. And I'm having fun doing starting with cartoon characters mostly because their lines are exaggerated. They're, they don't tend to have complex shading going on. So it's just a really nice entry point um, for my sketching and drawing, which we can talk about next episode a little more. Um, <laughs> and uh, just... Uh, you do like that's the drawing process is simple, rough, terrible circles and shapes to get the right proportions, to get the relationship between the major parts of the character yep. figured out. And then you start adding details and then you're it's like magical. Like I've never considered myself good at drawing and I still have so much to go. But like it's been like a breakthrough of like I can draw Donald Duck <laughs> actually and I'm not tracing him I'm actually going through the process you, you draw a, a big circle then you draw a small circle <laughs> then you draw the rest of the cake so I did they have this is probably still there even if it's involved into a different form but at uh, at the Disney theme parks um in in Disney World specifically they have uh I wouldn't call it a ride it's like an attraction I guess where you go and everybody sits at like a drafting desk and they give you paper and pencil 
and then a person, an animator sits up at the front. We had a young woman and her, uh, her paper is like doc cam cast onto a giant screen. And she literally goes step by step and is like, what character are we going to draw? And like, we, we did stitch from Lilo and stitch. And she was like, okay, we're going to draw this. And then it was like, here you draw like this triangle and you do this and, you know, make sure you draw it light. Cause later we're going to like erase part of this. And we went through that exact process yeah. that you're describing. And I mean, mine was far, far, far from perfect, but it was a hell of a lot better than if I had just tried to do the outside lines and like yeah. copy it verbatim. And I know there are people who can do that, but even talented animators do not draw that way. Yeah. And it's it's really teaching me because a, a lot of the and we're making this a whole thing about drawing now, <laughs> which we don't have to. Um, it teaches you that it's about the lines and not about the like the the way that like drawing teachers talk about it is your left brain wants to take over and draw what it thinks should be there. There's mm. supposed to be a hand, so I'm going to draw a hand, some right. kind of hand, <laughs> not the shapes of a hand, a hand. Yeah, and the a lot of the teaching methods force you whether they flip things upside down or cover up large sections of the the drawing that you you're drawing small parts of it right. accurately and before you know it you've got an amazing rendition of the thing it's it's cornball probably to say it but like is is small incremental improvements not the root of like kind of all progress. Well, I'm starting and, to see this everywhere. Yeah, and th this is what's so frustrating is by the time you learn this, you're like, if only I could go back to being 10 with this <laughs> this specific lesson that I could be good at anything if I just make small, frequent improvement over time. <laughs> and it's like uh, some people, you know, learn that lesson very early and they're very fortunate and then other people learn it like on their deathbed and they're like, ah, <laughs> if only I'd had an iPad Pro that we'll talk about next episode. <laughs> And that, I, I'm good on resolutions. What do you, what else you got? So so my my one is it's kind of a big umbrella uh, resolution, which is I want to get even better. And I've made a lot of progress this year, so that's why I feel like I have momentum to carry through this arbitrary calendar date that means nothing in the cosmic sense. Uh, but I want to get really good about um, tracking, note taking, uh, like. GTD, fitness tracking, habit tracking, like all that kind of quantified self stuff because I found that when I have a giant surplus of data to see trends in that it actually helps enforce change in my life. Um, I've been using my, my Android Wear watch to do sleep tracking because I, the idea of sleeping with my phone on my bed always seemed <laughs> stupid. Yeah. But now that I have a smartwatch, I was like, oh, I should try sleep tracking because I'm actually a pretty light sleeper. So sometimes I get like a really crappo night of sleep and it screws up my whole next day. And it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, I travel a lot for work. So like I, I can tag a night of sleep and be like, this one was in a hotel, you know, or like this one, the baby woke up in the middle of the night. Like that's why there's this yeah. crazy spike where I didn't sleep well for an hour and a that's half. That's when right? I ate the raw fish yeah exactly like i had crazy dreams i ate jalapenos or whatever so it's like i haven't been pouring every single possible detail into these these different tracking things i'm doing because it's way more important to build the habit than every single data point to be maximally useful because eventually i will have such a mountain of data that small inaccuracies will be swept yeah, the away outliers won't matter yeah um so like fitness tracking stuff uh the sleep tracking has been super useful um, but the other thing is just notes, like just literally if a thing comes into my head, writing it down 
and then discarding it later if it's not important. Perfect example is today. Uh, I got to see Star Wars today. So we're recording this on uh, Friday the 18th. 18th. I'm sure everybody else was like, obviously, it's Star Wars Day, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got to see it this morning. Um, Chewbacca, Luke's father. Unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, that's actually a Simpsons. It's a Simpsons reference. Um, but it's uh, there was, there was a, a trailer before the movie. And the minute, so I went alone. And as soon as I saw this trailer, I was like, oh, I got to remember that movie. Susan would probably be really interested in, in seeing this with me because I want to see this. And I think it's something she would like. And then I could practically hear the voice in the back of my head that was like, write it down. <laughs> I was like, no, voice. It's okay. I'll Why remember. Are you so muffled. Write it down. Because <laughs> he's just like hands over the face, <laughs> frustrated with me. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to, the movie hasn't started yet. I'm going to take out my phone. If everybody freaks out because the bright light, it's fine. It's a trailer. But I took out my phone and I made a note, like, you know, remind me when I get home, which is also an awesome thing that it like yeah. does magic. But like, remind me when I get home to tell Susan about it's it's Kubo and the two strings. Kubo? Kubo. Kubo. Okay. Anyway, it's like an animated This is why movie. you wrote it down. This is why I wrote it down. But I, uh, I got home and I was like, oh, uh, Sue, Google this thing, find the trailer on YouTube. And she watched it and she was like, Oh, it looks really interesting. And I was like, nothing about this was like landmark exceptional. The important thing is now my brain can stop giving a crap. Yeah. Like I'm not going to have this weighing on me. Like, was there something I wanted to tell her? And that's really what I want to get out of this. It's not that yeah. I have to have every thought a be spotless significant. Mind. <laughs> yes. A beautiful mind, a spotless one. <laughs> Is it uh, Eternal, Eternal Sunshine? Sunshine? Yeah, okay. Glad I got that out of my system. <laughs> See, now you don't have to care about that. But this, this, is the, this is just exactly, to me, like the lesson of small incremental improvements is when you tell someone getting that thing off your mind will make you feel better, it's hard for them to be like, eh, it's probably not that big of an improvement. But now that I have beheld it for myself, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, this is a thing I need in my life. I need things not being in my life in my life. <laughs> so every time I have a thought where I'm like, I might care about this later, I might want to look this up. Even if it, sometimes I look back at my notes and I'm like, ha, that was dumb. Why would I have ever cared about that? But then I get to just delete that note or archive it and then it's it's gone. It's yeah. gone forever. Like it's kind of amazing. I'm sort of thinking about getting aqua notes for the shower so I can because I don't shower with my smartwatch on, otherwise I would dictate to it. But I <laughs> and just, even then the the sound of the shower made it that <laughs> all my notes would just be shh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that, that's like, I want to get way better about quantified self kind of stuff, tracking, brain expunging. And I feel like these digital tools, my smartwatch, my smartphone, if I ever get an Ahoy monolith, right? <laughs> these things vastly facilitate that if you are willing to embrace them. So th this is my big resolution. All right. We'll have to track that through all 52 episodes next year. Oh my goodness. You ready to wrap up our holiday spectacular? I think so. So you can find the show notes for this episode, as always, at sunriserobot.net slash flipping tables slash 98. Mike and I both love feedback, so if you want to wish us a happy holidays, and I'm not saying that because I'm some kind of like PC crusader, but there's a lot of holidays this time of year, and if you don't celebrate anything, then happy winter solstice to you. And if you don't celebrate that, then happy Thursday. Is this the one where you can balance an egg more easily? Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, but happy all those things. Happy New Year. Happy all that stuff. Um 
we've done, I think, a pretty tremendous job of never, we're right through the holidays, no episodes skipped, yeah. no best of shows for us, new no, no content. Pod episodes. That's right. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can find me on Twitter at Lines and Beta and Mike, you are at M Edwards Music. And that is easier to time when we're in the same room. <laughs> If you want to make sure you never miss an episode all throughout the holiday season, you can subscribe in your favorite podcatcher. I'm still using Pocket Cast. Mike's still on Overcast. Yep. You ever going to switch? You have any incentive? Overcast works great. There's no reason to switch. I listen to several shows that Marco Armet is on, and I'm kind of just like, I almost wish I used an iPhone so I could see what all the hubbub's <laughs> about. Because I'm not going to use it I on mean, my iPad. You, you mash your finger on it, and the voices come out of the speaker at different speeds. I mean, that's fair. How would another app be so much better that? I uh, I don't know. <laughs> as long as it can find us in the search when they type in flipping tables or sunrise robot, yep. it's a good podcast app to me. And we're in all the indexes, so it had better find us yeah. in there. Um, and there's also buttons right on our website where you can mash your finger on that button. It'll open your podcast app like magic and subscribe you to the show. And then you never miss an episode. Uh, if you want to support us a little bit, you can go into uh, iTunes, leave us a holiday themed rating that helps other people find the show. And if you want to support us directly, you can go to sunrise or uh, patreon.com slash sunrise robot. Also sunrise robot.net slash support, but patreon.com slash sunrise robot. <laughs> you got that? Yeah, both. You got All- that David's mom. <laughs> everybody just send us the money because i need (laughs) speech therapy lessons apparently uh but if depending on the level you support at you might get your name shouted out at the end of the show so with that i want to give a special thanks to matt mariner sean byrne benji robinson tech support cunningham and carolyn kraut happy christmas merry hanukkah kwanzaa Festivus. festivus for the rest of us we love all you we could not do this without you see you next time see you next time